0: Welcome to the RPG Podcast.
1: And we are live. Oh, God, Pat. Presented by Sheep. a time wheel production. Ladies and gentlemen, we're here with Harris Talunzik. He's a 170 fighter out of fury, got fight, uh, fighting. LFA that's what I said. Lfa. (laughs) Okay. Well, interesting. Okay. Because Basil's in fury, I get those two mixed up, but what do you think about the two organizations and which one's better or worse? I
0: think they're almost even. Yeah. I think one's representing like the, uh, Southwestern Uh. region, but also they're bringing in people from out of country and then LFA kind of represents the Midwest and the East well then you you got another promotion up east too that's really prominent uh cffc and so that really represents the east but lfa is more midwest and brazilians and now they're even bringing in russians so all three they're basically the same thing
1: yeah i mean yeah and they're i mean they're all feeding into the UFC ufc and however lfa has the most ufc fighters okay there you go and i i could see that i know What I love seeing is when you guys go up to the UFC and they'll show clips from past fights. Yeah, yeah. And then they're either wearing the sheath. Yes, yes. Or you got the banners in the background or something. We should be
0: able to do that in UFC too. Yeah. Oh, I know. I miss that.
1: I do too. Yeah. I mean, mainly for... Uh, weighing in in the mm-hmm. underwear I, I wish that they could yeah wear they in. won't
0: even let you do the underwear now because I, I remember Basil was asking the UFC and they were like no you gotta wear the Venom gear he's like that's a sponsor though
1: oh and they so still he shut him. yeah he
0: asked multiple times oh. the thing with Basil is uh, you can tell him no he'll still ask a second time or try to compromise in one way or another he's really good at talking really yeah. good at negotiating yeah. really good at it and uh, he tried and they still wouldn't let him they were no go
1: no go let me just one thing. Yep. <clears throat> They'll edit all this. I don't do the editing. Is just, okay, this, uh, okay. I Beautiful. have to like make sure that the Both were empty and shit yeah, right yeah. before you got here. I literally just got everything set up right before you walked in. So I, I don't know. I, I had a busy day. We got family in town and you had. I just
0: had a really busy week, yeah, too. Yeah, I'm so. literally just getting back to training today.
1: Okay. Yeah. What did you do? Just So, my little
0: brother had his wedding
1: and he
0: booked an Airbnb in Florissant, Colorado, yeah, but in the right woods up, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. That's right up the road. Yeah, yeah, it's it's a dope spot and uh my my family and his wife's family all stayed in two separate cabins up in the middle of in the middle of the woods. It was like a 5 or 6-day little you know, mini vacation that involved his wedding and all that stuff. And it was just a blast, man. We were going to go shooting and do a bunch of outdoorsy stuff, but the weather did not cooperate with us. So uh, just typical Colorado, you know. Yeah, The weather changes on you Splits every
1: second, so. Yeah, it was just raining. It was like thundering, thunderstorming here. The roads are soaked on the way, Yeah, you know,
0: shooting up water and stuff.
1: So you got to get out of the city and just yes, get, yes. stay in the woods and kind of get grounded a yep. little bit.
0: Yep. Which is my favorite thing to do. I hate to be in... Uh, so uh, a lot of people know this. You know, if you follow me on social media, I come from Nebraska, small town Nebraska. And as soon as you're out of school or as soon as you're, uh, you know, done doing whatever you're doing... you you spend time outdoors. You don't do a lot of indoor stuff. You know, other than I grew up wrestling, that was indoors. We spent all our time outdoors. We did a bunch of country hillbilly crap, and so then I moved to from Nebraska to Montreal in Canada. Wow, for training, and it was just a culture shock. Concrete jungle, city life. Nobody sleeps. It was a complete one hundred and eighty degree. Not to mention, everyone was French and spoke a completely different language. So it's yeah. literally like. I know it's a different country, but you don't imagine Canada's a different country, right. So I went to a French province. It was a huge culture shock, not only that the language is different, but it was a city life. Covid hit after about two years of living there. And then I come to Denver and another culture shock, all city life. And so anytime I try I get out to the mountains or I can get out to the mountains, it's no-brainer for me you know mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of that nebraska country living
1: that made me think of anthony smith i think he, oh I yeah like he's
0: he's from this my neck of the woods
1: okay <laughs> i don't yeah i don't know how small a, a, like community it is but have you met him or anything yeah we used
0: to train together so nice. we trained together for a couple of years at uh, factory x and uh dude that dude's a beast
1: yeah. yeah, when he fought John Jones and got kneed in the head, mm-hmm. and, and then didn't a, take the DQ. I know he could have been the champion of the world. He doesn't care. He's a beast. <laughs> I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame him because that that's like if you if you tap out or if you you know if you don't fight on, then you're like a pussy or whatever. Yeah. And then if you do, then it's like, but you so could have won. I used to.
0: Here's the crazy. This is so crazy. You brought this up. It's, it's so ironic. Um, I used to judge him a little bit for not taking that because I was always thought, you know, this is sports about money, man, we're all broke, or at least when we're on our way to the top, we're all working our asses off to just make a financial, you know, situation out of this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh, for Anthony, if he would have just took that, that win, he would have changed his life substantially in financial aspect, in the sense that he would have been making title or championship money now, mm-hmm. going forward, whether he wanted to rematch John Jones or not would have been up to him at that point. But the fact of the matter is he would have been making a lot more money if he'd have been champion rather than yeah. not and i judged him i said dude uh, i was just saying to my friends i would have took the w i would have took the w because f john jones you know he his whole career is plagued if this one incident you know happens to me and I, at the end of the day people are look at it as this is just another john jones thing you know they're not going to judge you too much but it's hard to think you know critically when you're in that situation and years later my only loss to this day as a fighter, uh, it happened two fights ago. And uh, a lot of the reasoning was uh, in the first minute or two of the fight, the dude threw a nasty teep right into my nuts. Oh. It, it was so bad it was, that uh, they they obviously stopped the fight like normal, but uh, they actually put a curtain around me and I've, I've watched fighting for crap since I was 12 or 13. I've never seen this happen in an MMA fight. They stopped the fight, they're doing the injury time And the doctor can tell I'm in serious pain. So they wrap a curtain around me and they have me actually take off my shorts, underwear, and everything in the middle of the cage in front of everybody. So I'm completely naked. And the doctor is examining my, you know, my package. And he's looking at it. I could see in his face it wasn't right. I didn't want to look down because I knew it would mess with my mental. But I looked down and I was like, oh, shit, it's already bruising. This is bad. And the swelling was getting, it just, it didn't look right. And I look up and I I see in my corner and they're kind of like telling me, you know, it's mental you know you decide it's on you and it, it without a doubt i didn't even think twice i said i'm, I'm gonna keep going forwards yeah i said effort i i people were booing me people were you know cheering booing him i heard all the noise but at the end of the day i i, I just was like i don't know i'm a fighter i'm a warrior he could have poked my whole eyeball out, and I probably still would have said, let's keep going.
1: Like what happened with <clears throat> Fer- Ferguson this weekend with Bobby Green. I don't know the he, yeah, the eye poke. Yeah. I mean, not that he would have been put out, but it does change the it dynamic. It changes the game. Yeah.
0: Because you're, you're, it's weird, man. You have to be in a fight. It's like chess. You have to be 100% focused on your opponent. And when something happens that you didn't factor in or you didn't plan for, your state of mind completely changes. And it, it you almost... Lose focus and start thinking about, oh shit, what's going on? Have I yeah. ever got through something like this before? Have I ever seen something like this before? And then for me in that instance, I had never got swelling like that on my package before in my entire life. So it really bothered me for a round or two, to the point I couldn't I couldn't be myself. Yeah, I couldn't uh, get in the zone. Be the athlete that I normally Flow. am. And I rewatched that fight a thousand times. And I, I'm not one to make excuses, man. I've never have been. I'm just not that kind of guy. I don't believe in excuse makers, but I truly believe if I would have just taken that d q win, I would be a lot happier today about my the entirety of my career than I am not taking it because I truly believe he won the fight because of that. And same with John Jones versus Anthony Smith. I think John won the fight because he need him in the face. I mean, yeah. It was a hard knee.
1: Yeah. He was down and it was obvious. He was, I remember he was like leaned up against the fence. And, Dude, it was hard. Yeah. And if you, I mean, the rules are the rules. If you fuck up accidentally, whether it was an act, I mean, you're a trained fighter. I was It made me also think of Al Sterling versus mm. whatever. And where he did take the DQ win. Peter Yan. Peter Yan. And then everyone was calling him a bitch and fucking punked out. But then, you know, he came back and won the next fight.
0: And then they everyone shut up, right? Yeah, and now Everybody. he's a champ.
1: And now it's like, oh, he's dangerous.
0: Well, dude, that's a great point. Uh, that was actually a great point. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Because uh, I used to think Alderman's kind of cringe, too. And I didn't. That was before I had taken my own L. And, yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <laughs> and it's, it, it's, it's weird. The sport's really um, revealing, it, it really makes you humble it kills your ego and it really makes you look at things in a different perspective. Yeah. Like before I was a fighter versus now, seven or 9 years in, I have a completely different perspective on life
1: and it just involves every aspect of life. I love fighting. I love the discipline that it takes and the the ego thrashing mm-hmm. that it provides. It's like a blessing and I mean, I don't want to especially you know. for assholes like me, dude. Well, Guys
0: who think they're the shit like me, they need to, they need to go into a fight gym, they need to go into a jitsu gym and get humbled. Cuz Guys like who I was nine years ago are the problem with the world. You know, guys who walk around with their egos and they they start shit and they 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 don't know their own purpose. That's the problem. I truly believe it's men that are, I'm not a feminist or anything, but I believe men who don't know their own purpose, who have never been humbled, are the problem with this world. I I. I yeah,
1: know. no, absolutely. They're The ones like causing, uh, they're complaining all the time and whining mm-hmm. and like you, you don't have a purpose and you're trying to get in everyone else's business <laughs> and, and be like a social justice warrior. and Look at me. I'm yes. better than you. And I'm going to tell you what you're doing wrong, but you're not doing anything. And do, right. Yeah. So shut the fuck up <laughs> until you've done something with your life. Like, please sit back and watch and like do something. Work. Yes. Quit talking. Yes. Like, talk, 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 Yes, you need to do shit. That you were like going towards this perfect segue. Uh, I wanted to bring up Jake Paul, and you were like, it's a mm-hmm. problem, and people without direction and fighting g- cu- gives you a purpose. And yes, I just watched the documentary on Netflix that I don't know when it came out, but it's pretty recent. It's this year, <clears throat> and it's you know, he's about to fight and ideas. and it was all, it was the good and the bad and the ugly from when he was a kid his YouTube channel, how... It was so cringy, but did he... showed show
0: just... the Suicide Forest thing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah.
1: bad. So, th- yeah, they showed all the bad shit, and my daughter actually was like, you can't sponsor um, Logan Paul because he did this thing, and I'm like, well, hey, he's... Now, looking back, if you watch the documentary, he's a kid, uh-huh. he's trying to get views. Mm-hmm. He's trying to, you know, get views and get numbers, and he was actually battling with his brother Jake to get the, the biggest YouTube channel, and it got really dark, and they show how... It turned into like a really nasty rivalry where they hated each right other. I yeah, I, I highly recommend watching it. It's like the Problem Child or whatever documentary. It goes all the way up through Tommy Fury fight. And even that footage of the Furies with the Pauls, and they're all together in this room. And it's like they they knew they were about to make a shitload of money. So they were all happy. <laughs> they were, I mean, even though the fight was about business to Business partners. Yeah, no, yeah. it was a business deal. And all, and whether these, I don't think that they're fixed. That knockout of Tyrone Woodley. I don't think it's fixed either. Yeah.
0: I know. I went through that back and forth. I just don't think it is. Not? How do you fix it? Yeah. WWE is obviously fixed. Right. You can see it. You can. See. I don't think you can fix fighting. Not these
1: knockouts. I don't know. Yeah. But in the, the, it, it's such a good documentary because all the hype and everyone's like, he he's a fucking YouTuber. He's not going to be shit. And Dana White's saying, ben, he'll bet a million dollars Ben Askren's going to win. And then, like, two seconds later, Ben's like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so a
0: guy like Ben Askren, for example, I don't believe he would be okay with, you know, duping all of society. Yeah. He's a real, you know, martial, he grew up wrestling his whole life. He's He's a real martial artist, I mean, in every aspect. I don't think he'd be okay with fixing a fight. I don't think so I I really think he knocked these guys out, which is crazy.
1: It's so wild, but then you look at the the work ethic and that's kind of what I wanted to get into with you Mm -hmm. also. Like he has a million dollar camps, Jake Paul, Mm -hmm. you know, and you're, and you and a lot of the up and coming fighters are doing your best to go train two, three times a day and go to the gym, but Mm -hmm. you don't have a whole team around you massaging you and stretching you and blowing smoke and like breathing exercises and all these things and you can do it all but it would help if you had a team kind of like supporting that whole mission right right yeah and what so what's your training like and how much you know help do you have in in that effort
0: yeah so i mean training is insane i mean you kind of hit it on the nail there for any regional guy any guy trying to get to the ufc it's pretty much the same thing i mean You're hitting boxing, Muay Thai, Jiu Jitsu wrestling, and then strength conditioning all within one day. And you're doing two to three workouts a day. Typically, you're working out Monday through Saturday. And if you're smart, you know, the new era is different, man. So back in the day, you trained three times a day and, you know, you did whatever in between. The new era is completely different. We take it 100% seriously. It's our life. We truly breathe it. Like in between sessions, you're doing things to recover. You're drinking and eating certain foods and supplements that you know are gonna just give you a small edge for your next workout. And uh, like for me, a day-to-day, I mean thing, like on a Monday or Wednesday, for example, those are my most strenuous days. Those days, I'm doing three workouts a day. Tuesdays and Fridays is typically a sparring day. I don't spar twice a week unless I have a fight coming up. So I'll actually only spar once a week. But even that one sparring session, I'll get six to eight rounds. These are high level guys trying to kill you. Yeah, get ready I saw for at the gym.
1: At high, I keep saying high altitude. Is that what it's called? Yeah.
0: Well, the, the so the the gym itself is called high altitude. The team that the fight team inside of the gym is elevation fight team.
1: Yeah, and I mean I saw Cl- um, Curtis Blades, mm-hmm. Gaichi, Sanhagen, you, Basil, and a few other recognizable names. Yeah, that's a badass Jim. yeah we got
0: neil magny yeah neil magny Uh, Magny was there literally every regional welterweight you can imagine is there. usman has has usman Usman, uh so he was there when i first showed up a couple months ago but he hasn't really got a fight schedule or anything so i think he's doing his own thing with whitman okay but uh you know people say once he's got a fight he's there all the time too so or at least sparring anyways i should say
1: yeah so you're sparring is that the day that is that what that's sparring. I saw that was sparring. Yeah, Friday. Is that what you were talking about?
0: Yeah, Friday. uh, So Monday, Wednesday is like the most difficult days as far as like the amount of training sessions we have. Tuesdays and Fridays are difficult because we got sparring. And if you're really, you know, doing the right things, you typically got another workout after sparring like me and Basil and a couple other guys, Caleb Crump um, and Anthony Adams. After sparring on Fridays, we'll go to Barways and do our strength conditioning. We do that two to three times a week. And that is just brutal, man. That's a different level. Of well, you're
1: like lifting weights and powerlifting. It's shit. very
0: functional, so it's like push-ups, pull-ups, lifting weights, sprints, you know, biking, almost like a CrossFit workout. Mm-hmm. Super sets. Imagine like four to five sets in each super set, and you got three or four of those per day, and it's nonstop. You're jogging to the to the next thing. You just you. The best way to describe it is you're inhaling your own sweat. Uh, It feels like you're drowning. It feels like they're waterboarding you. Yeah.
1: That's that's wild. That makes me think of when I I joined the high school basketball team. The way you made the team is if you didn't quit. And they just ran us and ran us through drills and sprints and the suicides until people quit. And I just remembered saying to myself, if you just don't quit, you're gonna, you're gonna be team. on the team, and I made the B team. They made two teams because a certain amount of people didn't quit. But I made it, and I was so proud of myself. I Hell just, yeah! I yeah, because you
0: don't have that quit in you. Yeah, it's a big thing. I mean, and whether it's B team or A team, it doesn't matter. That's just someone else's perception. You know that. And that's why I look at rankings. It's the same as a ranking. You know, you can rank me whatever you want. I know in my head what I'm worth and how good I am. I know how hard I work every day, every week. You can. I'm an LFA LFA fighter right now. But i know with 100 percent like sincerity and confidence every ounce in me that i'm a top five top 10 ufc fighter as nice. i'm sitting right here you know what i'm saying and it i know because of the work i put in i know because of how i do at practice i know because of you know the uh, results i get and uh in or day in and day out it's just i put in the work i put in the sacrifices and then on top of that you know a lot of us guys especially myself we go to work we do you know random jobs here and there I, I was telling you before we uh, me personally I I do a lot of crap I do uh, deliveries so I deliver for Amazon or I did my own delivery thing like a 1099 where I delivered a set amount of packages for a guy and he paid me cash at the end of the day what kind of packages <laughs>
1: <I'm> Just kidding.
0: <laughs> all sorts of stuff whatever yeah. you need <laughs> uh. and uh, so I did that thing and then I also you know me and my wife we do a little bit of e-commerce you know we we buy and sell and just anything to make ends meet. And, uh, you were, t- you
1: were saying that your apartment was full of all full these of crap. At
0: one point, our living room, dining room, and storage room was all completely full. We were literally giving away crap for free. Like, yeah. Uh, when family would come over, we would have them leave with boxes full of free stuff. And it wasn't just like crap, it was good stuff. It was really. Yeah you know, good stuff. We just couldn't sell eBay. It's it's a weird thing. The way eBay and Facebook marketplace work, it's not instant. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you go through a bunch of customers and sell one product and you have to be diligent. Pictures got to look good. Your description's got to look good. It's not people think it's just like one of those side hustle things or whatever that Gary V does on yes, TikTok. Gary v. Yeah. It's like, dude, it's a lot more than that. If you want to actually make money and it to be a legitimate side hustle. And we took it seriously and it, we still do. And you know anything to make ends meet and knowing eventually that all this this training i'm putting in this beating down on my body this and you know working these dumb jobs while everybody else has a career and a 401k and a, and a roth ira knowing in the end it's all going to pay off one of these days i'm going to hit that 50k bonus just like basil did yeah that was plus dope. plus you know have a fight of the month fight of the night and just be recognized by the whole world for all this work like it yeah, happens he got fight that of the fast. month huh fight of the month fight of the night uh, 50k bonus and most importantly and I witnessed this myself and a lot of people don't see this behind the scenes but he got respect from the UFC matchmakers like nice and I know a lot about these I've been in this sport for a long time I've been at the highest gyms or some of the biggest gyms in the world and I've heard, I know a lot of uh, just a lot of dirt and uh, I know that it's very hard to earn the respect of the UFC matchmakers, and Basel did that Yeah, he his first freaking him. fight.
1: It was so fire. And I, even when he lost, it was yeah. a split decision loss, yeah. everyone thought, I thought he, you know, it could have gone either way.
0: So the reason he lost is because I fell through the judge's table.
1: Ah, uh, I heard something about that you tripped or
0: something. <laughs> yeah, it's a crazy, This is, I don't know if that's actually the reason. So but, you, were, um,
1: you were cornering him, which is pretty Cornering dope. him, yep. Yeah. So,
0: and it's weird, uh,
1: they don't really tell you
0: much until you're about to walk out. And they tell you right as you're about to walk out, uh, kind of like the, uh, arrangement of things. Two coaches can go in the, in the cage and one has to go around and stand behind Basil, you know, for the camera to see you behind the cage, Mm kind of hyping them up just the way they want to do their thing. And, uh, so we, us coaches, we didn't even listen to what they said. We were just like, whatever, dude, get away. You know, we'll focus on Basil. Right. So when we walked out, we did our thing, whatever. First round ended, we hadn't even decided who's going in, da da da, da. So I go, at, you know, I was with Steve Hordinsky and Justin Hofton, both gym owners, both, you know, respective like masters in their art. Justin being a master in striking and Steve in jujitsu. And me just kind of like, you know, I. I'm great at everything, I'm not a master at anything. I looked at both of them, I said, you two gotta go in, I can't go in there, it's embar- you know, I can't disrespect you two like that. I go, I'll walk around the cage. So, you know, between the first and second round, no problem. That was cool, you know, we didn't have any issues, no conflictions that sounded like the right thing to do. And then in between the second and third round, bro, I was just in disbelief. I couldn't believe what Basil was doing. <laughs> he was kicking ass. And the way the crowd was reacting, like everyone was on Basil's side, like they were cheering him on. It was just a difference, like, Environment in there, and us corners were fucking hyped, hyped like never before. And uh, like multiple times, they tell you, you know, you can't stand up from your little corner bench. I stand stood up like three or four times, like just oh, you know, screaming, like we got this. And at one point, I thought we were going to tap him out at the end of the second round. He had him in that head and arm, and yeah, I was telling Basil he was like, just squeeze a little more, he's about to tap, and you know, whatever time around out. And so, I'm hyped, and I we second and third round or the bell hits after second round and Steve and uh, Justin go in there and I was like, oh shit, I got to get behind basil, So I just, you know, to kill time, I jumped over the steps and then try to sprint right to him. Missed the video camera cord, huge oh. thick cord, dude, thick. And literally, and I'm, I shit you not, I did like a 180 degree spin, like, and then I flew off the stage. <laughs> because I was sprinting so hard and the momentum was so fast when it caught me, I flew completely off the stage, both feet, and just landed back first through the judge's table or- Like a WWE thing? Yeah, exactly. Thing. And the table collapsed and three oh computers uh, flew, cords ripped out of the cage. And I looked at a couple computers that completely you know, ruined. <laughs> And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm in disbelief, right? I can't believe this is happening to me. And my knee's killing me, right? Right away, I could feel a sharp pain in my knee. Oh, man. So I'm injured, too, on top of this. And uh, because the way I fell was just insane. It's a fall. It's a hell of a fall. And I stand up and a bunch of doctors start running up to me on a sideline. There's still about 30 seconds left run. This happened fast. And I go, no, no, I don't need help. Get away from me. I just jump over. Back over the table and back on the cage, and I tried to stand behind basil and I couldn't I fell to one knee because mm. I was in so much pain, yeah, and I just you know cheered him all or whatever and walked back to our little corner and the doctors kept trying to check on me. and I was like, no, no, I'm good. But it turns out, dude, after uh, when we got back to town, I couldn't train for a week because my knee was so swollen. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah. I actually did hurt my MCL a little bit. I was swollen and stuff, so.
1: I have a torn meniscus or MCL or something <laughs> that I got training uh, jujitsu. I was training with this white belt and I was just passing his guard and he thrust up his hips as I was passing, which really shouldn't have, done too much but it tweaked my knee and it it popped yeah so there was a pop and i was like okay and we finished the round and then i we were starting a second round and i was it was getting like worse and worse i could you know feel the swelling and i I couldn't push up off of it and so i ended, ended up finishing the class and limping home uh you know and i haven't trained since then but how long goes that? It's been a while, like and then months.
0: You, could, were you able to like extend your knee and
1: lock it? I yeah. At first, no. It's but it's I can run on it. I can do all hmm. the shit right now. I just can't. You know how if you're like trying to shrimp or something, because um, the foot's put, planted. Yeah, it like the a twisting push off of the ground, just is problematic oh, for me.
0: I hate knee problems. Man. I know, they right? They make me literally cringe. Yeah. So after my last fight part of the reason i haven't fought in so long i've been fought since november of last year yeah i was kind of thinking
1: that long it's time. been a while yeah
0: yeah so in the middle it's one of the craziest fights in my life by the way i fought this this i, I was just so anxious to get back in after I, my first loss that i texted my manager and said put me on the next card as soon as possible you know i was so mad about the whole nut shot thing yeah not performing i said put me on the next card don't text me the opponent. Just you know just send me the contract nice so they did that and it was a heavy hitter omoyeli from uh chicago i did no research on this guy whatsoever because i was like f this i don't care i'm just gonna I, i'm just gonna go in there and win i was nice. like that's all i know you know I'm, I, I just i'm not a loser bro i hate losing whether it's anything i i freaking hate losing and uh
1: me too <laughs> big time yeah so
0: you know how i feel yeah i didn't care who it was and I just knew in my head I would beat anybody because of the way I felt. Love I know that. when I feel this way, I'm unbeatable. I'm invincible. And so they gave me this guy, I do no research on him. Well it turns out he's got one freaking weapon. It's the left overhand. If I just watched two videos, I would have known this. Uh. Shit, but I didn't. So I made this what should have been an easy finish for me, you know, just based off the experience I have. I made it a dog fight for one round. He dropped me twice. I dropped him twice. And then I ultimately swept him off his feet in a clinch and then ground and pound him with some elbows and choked him out. But the first just, I don't know which time but one of the times he dropped me. And if you watch the video, dude, he didn't. This wasn't like, a, oh, Harris got dazed and got back. This was like, a, I completely went unconscious Whoa. drop face plant on the canvas don't know how drunk this ref was to not stop the fight nice but he must have for some reason just loved my ass <laughs> Faceplant plant the canvas get back up do that twice and the ref never stopped it once like any other ref probably would have stopped it yeah. But this guy didn't and so then it gave me the ability to drop him twice which is crazy to think right and ultimately sweep him and finish him all in one round and um one of the times he dropped me I, You can't control your fall when you're dropping, obviously. You just, you don't know what happens. I um, must have twisted my knee. And what happened was as soon as the fight ended, which the ref actually raised the wrong person's hand. The ref didn't even know who won. Wrong. <laughs> he raised his because there's so many knockdowns. He didn't know who won. So he raised his hand. So I had to walk in front of the ref and the guy and just kind of like go in front of the camera and block the view and like, act, you know, so the crowd understood cause I have a lot of family in Bosnia who watches and they don't get these things and they, they don't understand yeah. fighting at all. Yeah. First of all, you know, a lot of people, you know how foreigners are. And so I had, to, I knew in my head, I was like, fuck, everyone's gonna think a lot. And the split second decision, I was like, I gotta get in front of the camera, and you know, let everyone know I won. And as soon as I did that and the camera turned, I collapsed. I had to get carried out by the corners back to the stage. Cause I couldn't walk. I literally felt like the upper half of my leg and the bottom half weren't connected. Mm-hmm. and the bottom half was so numb. And I would felt this pain before because I tore my meniscus early, early on in my MMA career in jiu-jitsu against some random white belt who tried to do a heel hook. Wow. And then he had, we started in the heel hook position. It was a drill and you go live from there. Mm-hmm. And this A-hole just twerked it and pop, pop, pop without even me being able to react. And so I would felt this pain before I knew right away my, nis- my meniscus was torn gets the back, whatever. They asked me, do you want to get checked out and go to the uh, emergency room? And I made this mistake after two fights before. My knee was swollen because of kicks from it. And I told them, yeah, I'd love to go get checked out. And then I never went and got checked out, but I didn't know that meant they suspend you indefinitely until you actually go get checked out. Oh, wow. So then I booked a fight and then you know, I did the whole training camp, and then one week from the fight, uh, commission contacts me and said, "Hey, you are indefinitely suspended. You never went and got checked out for that injury over six, eight months ago." Yeah. So I learned my lesson. I was like, "Don't tell the the, the fight the commission or, or whatever you're hurt yeah. unless you're really, really hurt." Yeah. So I was like, "No, I'm fine. I'm just gonna get this figured out on myself." So I left the arena and I could not walk, and I got worse by the day, by the hour. And the next day, I really realized I screwed up, and it was too late. You know and my pride was like no you'll deal with this on your own now and you can't take the suspension yeah i was like you can't take the suspension bro and so i go back to town and a week later nothing not better so i go get an mri and i tore my meniscus completely and my mcl both of them and then on top of that what the orthopedic surgeon said was causing me the most pain was i had severe swelling like he'd never seen before on my knee the actual bone And he's like, so that's actually what's causing you most of the pain and swelling. I was like, really? He's like, yeah, you must've hit the canvas really hard with your knee. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, I guess, because that's the only time that I actually hit anything with my knee. And yeah, so that freaking injury put me out and the orthopedic surgeon was legit, man. He wasn't, he was very honest to me. He looked at it multiple times and he told me, he said, I really don't think you need surgery. As crazy as that sounds. And I believed him. And he said, you need to do this for eight weeks and then this for two. And I I stuck to it like religion. And over the course of 10 to 12 weeks, it fully recovered. Nice. And I went to sparring. And I sparred uh, big uh, Rob Wilkinson. He's 2022 PFL champion, light heavyweight PFL champion. Okay. I have a round with him. Huge guy. And I'm doing pretty good. I threw a body kick and he caught it. And I tried to twist and run away, mule kick, and it retore again. Oh. So another two months, believe it or not. And I true, I think it wasn't one hundred percent healed, yeah. or wouldn't have right. Right. Because I'm am healthy, man. I, I do it all. I do the supplements, the joint care. I take care of my body, and I really don't think I gave it enough time. I rushed it, and so I retore it a second time. And now it's been since last November that I fought, and I finally got something in the on the books at the end of October. Uh, for LFA main event, hopefully my last LFA fight. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I know, right? Let's get you in the big. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready to go. Big leagues. Yeah. Um. Yeah, because I'm older, obviously. So I know how those
0: knee things go, man. It's
1: yeah, and I don't want to go back early when I was yep young. i uh, play basketball. I'd roll my ankle. Yep. The next day, I'd go out and play, and then it's compromised. It rolls again. Yep. And it, I I did that repeatedly throughout my high school car- career, and ultimately, it's like I. Fucked my shit up like permanently. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: that's what ultimately happens, right? Yeah. It never builds back 100% if you don't allow it to in the first place. Exactly.
1: So I'm letting this heal. I'm not going to go back. I just actually texted Rainey that she's the owner of Brasilia Jiu Jitsu School. Mm -hmm. At the end of this road, when you're headed back to 25 on the right, right before the highway, there's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu school, and they have real Brazilians. Like they don't speak English. The instructors. It's pretty cool. I mean, he's very. He's like Hobbit. He called me Hobbit. That's yeah, and and they have like translators there. Really great school. But after my, I messed my elbow up skating the other day. I was just like, okay. I've been putting her. I've been putting her off, saying I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back, and finally, I'm like, okay, I'm just going to wait until I'm fully. Fully 100 percent. Yeah. Yeah because i don't need a re-injury and i'm i don't need to do that but i do really love it i love after a roll that's and i just i like the sparring i was going there to spar and you got to do the first half of the class which is fun also just spar the the last 15 minutes and i just and I, i was sparring with guys like you and like these athlete like college athletes football players and stuff no problem and then I roll with this, like white belt, dude. And I when 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 they paired us together, he was like six five, and I'm five eight, which is fine. I didn't see. I didn't care uh-huh. about that. But he had this weird look in his eye. He was like he wanted to get some. So and, much ego, man.
0: Yeah. I and I wish
1: said. that I had like kind of thought about like, hey, okay, you. I need to. You. I need to tell you to chill. Yeah. Already. Yeah. Before we start and. Mm-hmm. I, I had him. I'm am decent. I've been doing it since I was twenty. Like on, I, I remember I started in my dad's living room. My buddy was like, "Have you tried rolling?" And I was like, "No." And so we moved all the couches, and he, just. All oh, badass. Yeah, we just started fighting for position. Mm-hmm. You know, starting like gra- uh, fighting for guard or full mount or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and the workout itself was good like I was like this is fuck I remember just laying there <laughs> afterwards you know just like spent <laughs> completely yeah. burnt out but it was awesome so I love it I've been doing it forever I did in the army They that's what they teach you in how long were you in the army six years nice two tours you're welcome
0: I'm a huge fan of the military well I never had the the balls to serve or you know go out and but I, so I'm just a huge huge supporter huge fan I know what it takes and yeah
1: yeah, it's uh, the basic training and it was really fun, and that's where I really excelled. And I, I was up against two hundred and sixty other soldiers, you know, going through the same thing. I beat them all Hell in yeah. physical fit in the APFT Army Physical Fitness Test at the end of the basic training. I uh-huh. got the award, which I'm still bringing that up. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I would too. It was because,
1: and then I I did really well in the army in general, just. Uh-huh you know land nav shooting it was leading um, the you know team team leadership and stuff and it was just really fun i really You said you did
0: two tours also? Yeah. Where would you go?
1: I've been to Iraq both times. Oh, wow. Yeah, I went to Balad the first time which they called Mortaritaville, because they would just lob mortars over the fence like constantly and we had these C-rams which were these giant like machine guns but like times a thousand and they would brrr, they would shoot the the mortars the mortars out the you know out of the sky before they got in and it worked yeah most of the time so that would happen all the time <laughs> but sometimes they would get through and that was my first tour in 2006 i joined in 2006 i was Holy in iraq crap. By same that. year yeah before the end of the year how, how old were you 26 dude that's yeah. crazy so i was like i, ter- I was like your age basically yeah. and yeah, my my life was kind of going why'd nowhere.
0: Why'd you join the Why'd you join the army? Yeah, I was
1: just I was in a, at a dead end. Yeah. My college tuition, like my I had loans that I couldn't pay. Any money that my parents had given me, my grandparents had been spent. I was making twelve dollars an hour uh, doing payroll, which was cool. Like at a corporate office for Eye Care Centers of America, and but it was like okay, and I just felt like I was at a dead end. The war was going. And they were giving out bonuses, thirteen thousand dollars at the time. I was like, that could change my for the life. Army? Yeah. yeah, just to join. Jesus. And they paid off my college loan, and then I ended up getting the GI Bill. So I went and got—I got my master's degree after, like, while I was in, and after uh, I got out of the army. So it was a huge springboard, yeah, for me to become a man. I felt like I became a man. Absolutely. I was very immature and. But testing yourself against other men or and women, and and compete and standing up, and you know, you're like, okay, I can do this shit. Put me up against anybody,
0: <laughs> dude. That and I was just gonna say that I feel like um, a lot of business owners are ex-military. Mm-hmm. I feel like to be a business owner, it's similar to being an athlete. Like mm-hmm. you have to take risks, and you feel the same type of things. I feel a lot of times, like yeah. before a fight, like those same emotions. Maybe they're not as sudden, and um, but over time, you feel the same things, mm-hmm. and. Like, the anxiety. I feel like is, am,
1: am, am I gonna make mil- it? Yeah. Yeah. In
0: the military, I just personally feel like it sets up people to do to go take risks. Because yeah. I a lot of business owners and a lot of successful you know men and women are ex-military. I'm always like when I figure out their ex-military, I'm like, of course. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. it, it just it's it seems if you know whether it fixes people or enhances people, it does something for people. Yeah, I've noticed that about the military. Are you? from Colorado or did you come here because of the military? I came here because of the
1: military. Where are you from? San Antonio, Texas. Oh, that's
0: where where you said you had family there.
1: Yeah, and that's where I joined. And, you know, I was under the impression that there were these weapons of mass destruction. (laughs) <laughs> I what was t- I, 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 t- I was told that there were these weapons of mass destruction in Iraq, and that's why we started this war. Oh,
0: for real? That, I've, okay, so I've heard of that. That's a yeah, thing?
1: yeah, yeah. It's a real thing. Yeah, but but it, you know we never found them, and ultimately, I, when I look back, I think it was a war for oil and money and territory. And you power. really think it was? Or? Yeah, because they said you know it was because we got attacked in the Twin Towers in New York, two thousand one. Did Bush do it or no? i think he let it happen on or or some kind of weird you know weird something weird happened there something something funky yeah yeah yeah, i don't know that he did it but it was he was like well if we let this happen we can start a war and you know it's like the
0: epstein thing there's something funky there i just don't know what we'll never know because we're just civilians
1: okay the cameras just happened to not work in his cell when he committed dude bro come on they lie to us constantly and then
0: uh, biggest, uh, child trafficking sex scheme, only him and his girl that wants to get
1: Yeah, prosecuted. And so I, I know she got like 13 years, but R Kelly got like 20 years. So he, she was like, I'm glad I didn't pee on them. <laughs> 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 Holy shit. Yeah. That, that was like, what was the like family over, guy episode? He went over the line. Yeah. I love the family guy. I like South park. South park is killing South it. South park
0: family guy. Uh, it's not a good one. Uh, about very dark humor, very very funny. We got to be a different type of person to appreciate that humor. I
1: love I mean we sponsor all the comedians that are the like the darkest and the <laughs> most fun to listen to. Yeah. So, usually I, if it's funny, it's true. A lot of times. I always say that if you're laughing, just most, it's partly true. Right. Sometimes the mo- people say the most outrageous things just to say the most outrageous thing also. Yeah. So it's one of those.
0: So yeah, then you're like, oh my God, I can't believe really he said that. It's fucking hilarious.
1: Yeah, exactly. Trump. Yeah, he's a trip. But you know Good who, shit,
0: man. One of the funniest guys yeah. ever. Of our time, anyways. Influential.
1: I liked what he was doing with when it comes to like... Um, he was very positive and he was like, we're going to win again, yep. you know? And... and bring manufacturing back to America, inspiring the people. I don't, I feel like Biden doesn't inspire.
0: Not very patriotic. It's almost like he's anti America or the US flag. Yeah. I don't get it. I don't get why a president would ever allow that perception of him to be out there. You know what I mean? Why wouldn't you, you could kill that perception overnight. I mean, there's just simple things you could say and do to make you be patriotic mm -hmm. and deserving of that position. And Biden refused to do that. And I think uh, Trump did a really good job of that that's why you have diehard fans and Mm. because you know we haven't had that for freaking decades dude i'm not a. am 50 50 on trump i just like that my biggest thing i like you know that he's conservative obviously yeah i'm a conservative myself me too i like their policy i like i'm relatively liberal but i'm also i'm more conservative dude i could compromise yeah if we could find a progressive median i would be more than willing to compromise however we don't live in that time and age Maybe our kids' kids will be able to deal with that or do that. But in our current you know, state of affairs, if you aren't conservative, you have to be the left and the left is fucked up. It's fucked up. They're insane. Insanity, dude. <laughs> it's fucking insane. Yeah. There is no middle. Everyone can say and argue, you know, I'm, I'm, if you really talk to your friends and family, we're all in the middle. Yeah, I agree with that 100%. But not everything that we feel is the reality you know and people have a hard time understanding accepting this the way we feel and the way reality and society is set up are two completely abstract things we feel and know this is right but unfortunately the society isn't set up that way and we have to deal with what we're dealt with yeah nobody wants homeless people
1: on the streets nobody wants babies dying nobody wants
0: drug addicts you know if i could do something to help them and not be depressed or whatever when depression is a whole other subject I, i feel a whole different you know Way about that than the left does, but if I could help people not feel that way, I'd be more than willing to and I try to, and I try to help people all the time, you know on social media and through my posts and stories, you know, try to inspire people, but at the end of the day, if you, saying goes you know you can take a horse to water, but you can't make it drink yeah, and that's literally in my mind the the left, the people who vote for the left and the people who support that stuff They're trying
1: to make horses drink water that they don't want to drink or something no. you can, like um but the water's
0: poison so the water they're trying to make you drinks poisons you know it's it, 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 either way it's just insanity
1: yeah and they can't handle that's my thing against trump is they can't handle him and they go so crazy yes that i don't want to have to put them through that mm-hmm. but i i mean he was way better i mean i think there's no no denying
0: yeah and i would be cool with like uh you know freak dude if we could have ron desantis or someone more moderate you know representing the right and the conservative party i hate to say the right or the left it sounds so stupid and divisive yeah i i just want to say the americans Mm -hmm. it because it just sounds divisive even saying right or left conservative liberal it's so sickening at this point i'm so sick of the division but at the same time i understand we have to make a choice you have to choose right or left so i'm not ignorant and stupid i know you know which one's more right or more correct yeah. So I have to go with that side. But I feel ultimately like, I think we all yeah, we want someone progressive in the middle.
1: Yeah, somebody reasonable. But yeah. like all like to me what separates the right and the left is the right is like I'm gonna do it, I'm gonna I'm gonna get it done. The risk takers, right? Yeah, and then the left is like How come he's doing it? How come I can't get what he's doing? Or must be nice. Yeah.
0: Must be nice to have that.
1: Well, and fighters, there's no equal outcome in fighting. You know, you can't, both people can't win. Somebody's glad. You
0: have to understand this part of life. Um, So I'm a religious person. I'm Muslim. I grew up Muslim. You don't look...
1: Well, anyways. I don't look Muslim, I know.
0: So my little brother's (laughs) name is Muhammad, though. So if I hang out with Muhammad, you might... (laughs)
1: That's okay, I mean. stereotypical. <laughs> honestly, <but.
0: laughs> no, it's okay. I grew up in Nebraska. Nobody knew we were Muslim. Literally nobody. I'll never forget. I had an AP history class. And this fat bastard told the whole class, you can't have the name Muhammad and not be Muslim. And for the longest time, I was hiding to everybody I was Muslim because growing up in Nebraska, yeah, they, you're, you're insecure about oh, everything. Yeah, yeah, Growing up in general, you're insecure.
1: Especially in the last 20 years. Oh, where dude, it's it, horrible. You know, this yeah. is post 9-11. This right.
0: is fresh. Like 9-11 hit in second grade you know you can't be Muslim yeah, in no. no. <laughs> so we hid that shit for a long time and this fat ass in this AP history class in high school says so the class is a huge class. you can't have the name Muhammad and be not be Muslim you have to be Muslim and I remember it was the craziest thing like everyone in the class looked at me dude it was fucking insane. And I just got red-faced, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I mean, I guess I'm Muslim. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Your middle name is Muhammad? My,
0: my younger brother is the okay. one who just got married. Right, Muhammad. right. Okay. Yeah, so he, Muhammad. that's where
1: he was... Jabari, so that's where it's from. like,
0: you know... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And For whatever reason, he just said it. I don't know why he said it in his class. And uh, everyone looked at me, dude. It was just one of the, those profound moments in my life that truly changed my entire life. I'll never forget this moment. Yeah. It was the the defining moment of my life where I decided I will never be embarrassed to be a Muslim and I will just accept who I am for who I am and understand that I couldn't chose where I was born, what I was born into, what I believe. I could control what I believe, but ultimately I do believe Islam is, you know, what I need to believe. There you go. Just, you know, whatever. And I believe. I mean, it all, and and I'm okay with everything. They all lead back to the same God. They all coincide. I think at the end of the day when we all die. Yeah god willing i think we'll all be in the same place i really do
1: i believe I, I, that I'm i really mean doing. even if you just trace the lineage of the bible with abraham yep, and muhammad yep, and yep. it's all there are so, like yeah, sons of isaac exactly. or whatever
0: so ibrahim you know abraham. ibrahim his uh, he's essentially uh both isa which is jesus in islam I, jesus and muhammad peace be upon him they both derive from ibrahim which is the, you see what i'm yeah, saying the all, yeah the lineage yeah it's all it's in a way it's all connected but anyways, So it was a defining moment in my life where I was like, dude, I'm just going to accept, you know, that I'm Muslim. I'll never, because it was so embarrassing to get called out like that. And, you know, have everyone figure it out like that. And so from that moment on, I was like, you know, I'm just going to be proud of who I am. I'm Muslim. It's who I am. You know, Uh, the reason I act, the way I act, the way I talk, the way I talk, the way I believe in myself and what I believe is all because I'm Muslim. And hiding it isn't helping me at all. It's just taking a part of me away from me.
1: I'm assuming you've read the Quran. Then? Yeah, absolutely. Because I have it at in my at my house, and I ha- and I opened it, and I started reading it, and it, it was like a little. I putting because uh, it se- it seemed, like there was it, it was all automatically, say, and correct me if I'm wrong uh-huh. here because I stopped reading after <laughs> okay. in the first couple of pages, but it was you know how they say, that if you know if you don't convert to Islam, oh, they'll kill you or something in certain regions. And I don't even know if that's true, yeah. but it seemed like the Bible was, or the Quran was promoting that. And I was like, well, that's not nice. Cause I'm not Muslim. right. Right.
0: And there's, so the thing with the Quran is, uh, there's only one original Quran. It's never been rewritten and it's the, ver- the, the, ver- the original version, the version that most Muslims follow is in Arabic. And, there's obviously a big issue there a lot of people don't speak arabic in fact most people don't speak arabic and the do you i don't speak arabic fluently no so i speak bosnian fluently i speak english fluently and i learn arabic you know as i become more muslim of course yeah and study the religion but um as time went on you know they translated the quran and uh, some people just don't translate the quran correctly yeah so you can read the quran in a Bosnian translation and you can read it in English translation and get two different yeah. texts almost. The, the the most pure and original text is in Arabic and if you truly find someone who knows Arabic or an imam, essentially a priest mm-hmm. in Islam, um, who can translate it for you, you'll find it's a lot more beautiful and peaceful than nice. the translations are. Good. Yeah, the yeah. translations are a little skewed. They're off. Sometimes I swear they're written by someone who's anti-Islamic, which I understand. Like, some muslims are anti-christian i hate that I, I freaking hate that there's it goes back to division and racism and all that. well and, the,
1: and some christians are anti-muslim and vice people versa, always so think they're better than other people right it's just i you have go. the right religion right, no, right. mine's the correct exactly. religion i'll kill you <laughs> <laughs> over who's correct neither one of you know yeah. no nobody knows i truly yeah.
0: believe we'll end up all, we'll all end up the same place yeah I, don't, I i just i don't know something in me tells me that I I guess it's just my intuition and from what I understand from every religion and what I've gained from the Torah, the Bible and the Quran. I'm a huge. So another thing, if you follow me on social media, you'll know that I'm a huge. uh, I fear death a lot. Something since I was a young kid, I used to fear death. I still do to this day when death is brought up. I don't sleep for days. Interesting. Uh, Something I truly fear. I I can't get over it. I've talked to people about it. I, I it's a phobia that it just it's almost like a disease. Yeah. Religion brings me comfort. It's one of the only things that brings me comfort when speaking about death, but um I think that uh you, and so it's weird like I actually I believe that we someday will be immortal humans. I I do believe we'll invent uh whether it be uh you know Microchips that enter our bloodstream and work to kill diseases and prevent us from aging mm-hmm. or we invent AI that we can you know converge with our our flesh with or whether we you know upload our brains into a microchip at the end of the day what makes you you and me me our soul mm-hmm. for example can be described as your opinions and your experiences in life and that's truly what will always separate you from me and In order to make a a clone of you, for example, or to keep you from dying, per se, you would have to keep your opinions and your memories intact. Mm. And those exist somewhere in our brain. Mm -hmm. We just don't know the brain very well to figure out where and how those work. We do know aging is disease. Yeah, This is a thing. Aging is a disease, just like diabetes or cancer, essentially is a process of your cells degrading the telomeres Mm -hmm. and the stem cells and all this stuff. And so aging is a curable disease. It's Mm -hmm. obviously going to take a lot of time and research, but um, whether we cure aging or find a way to transport those memories and opinions into a database of some sort, I I truly believe immortality is one day going to be upon us. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't hit me, then, you know, I always go back on my religion, but some people say, you know, you're Muslim, how could you believe in immortality? How could you believe in this and that? But nowhere in the Quran, I mean, if you read the Quran, you read the Bible, there's a story of Noah, Noah's Ark. And if you actually read the story, Noah was 800 to 1000 years old in that story. So how did a guy live 800 to 1000 years back then? And we're dying at less than a hundred now. Yeah. You know what I mean? So maybe immortality isn't living forever, forever per se, but I certainly believe we aren't living at the full capacity that humans are supposed to live, the full extension at what humans mm-hmm. are supposed to live. And I truly believe there's a lot of work to do. and religion getting closer and closer though We're getting There's closer and closer. All these... religion brings me comfort but also science brings me yeah. comfort one uh, another interesting thing i want to bring up before i forget about it is uh i i obviously study history too it brings me comfort in this subject but uh um egyptian history is really cool for me i i think we all have happened to come from somewhere in that area yeah i, I think in the quran it says we all come from the land of the sphinx which mm-hmm. is obviously egypt mm-hmm. um but in the hieroglyphs like there was a uh drawn out like scripture, or whatever, like a, a, a picture, and it talked about this one prince or king and his dog. And in it, he talks about how much he loved his dog from day one to the day it died. And the part that I found was interesting was the dog lived 15 years. This is 1000s and 1000s of years ago. Today, we don't have dogs live in eight but nine years. And everyone just thinks it's the norm. I'm like, but this guy in Egypt, thousands of years ago, his dog lived 15 years. We've clearly effed something up in longevity and Mm -hmm. the process of life with all of our, you know, industrialization, our access to food, all this crap. Like we've taken a step backwards. There is a lot. If we had just kept going forwards from that point on, man, maybe dogs would be living 50, 60 years today. I I just, I think it's odd that they actually decreased their lifespan versus increased. Yeah. In such a um, harsh environment like Egypt you know
1: mm-hmm I I, I would take a thousand years I, I, I'd be like I'll come me a thousand
0: please <laughs> you know I'm okay with a thousand okay so uh, uh I'm a big a Twitter guy or now it's called X but uh so I follow only guys involved in the stock market or inflex like Lex Friedman, and Elon Michael Malice. Musk Michael Malice Matt Walsh all these guys I, I like to follow different opinions i will fall even, even left off all left politicians and right just to get different you know opinions and sides mm-hmm. kind of form my own opinion but one of the interesting things i saw one time was lex freedom and elon have a discussion about aging and death and both of mm. them agreeing that we will be immortal at some point and basically saying if we truly live in a democracy of any sort we should have the choice to choose when we die
1: yeah oh.
0: i mean the hell you you gave birth to me without asking me now let me choose when to die because I'm loving this
1: I know and there's so much more to do (laughs) so much more to do I want to go to Egypt and Paris yeah I don't
0: want to spend like I spent nine ten years of my life fighting and training yeah truly just you know how it is like the martial artist life like going to bed early waking up not hanging out with anybody not drinking not smoking just this disciplined lifestyle. So like, I want to spend 10 years fucking around too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Maybe
0: a hundred years. Maybe I want to do for a hundred years. Yeah. Like, I don't wild know. Wild out. Yeah. I don't know, dude. Yeah. This isn't enough time. I know. I know for a fact, this isn't enough time.
1: Yeah. If it's you're not... telling
0: me I'm going to die at 100, and i I'm already 27. I'm a 25 to 27% done.
1: Dude. I'm in the middle like, range. Yeah. And I'm bro. like, fucking. I'm, I'm on the downhill slope. Bro. I was please. working at
0: uh JC Penney in college. So funky story. I, people are like, you went to college because I actually got expelled from high
1: school. Interesting.
0: I got caught smoking weed on a wrestling trip. I was 36, 38 no at the time. I had Division One scholarships all over the country. And uh, I got caught smoking weed on a wrestling trip in Minnesota. And these, these assholes, they drove me back from Minnesota to Nebraska, expelled me and kicked me off the wrestling team and said they were going to set an example out of me because, you know, I thought I was this undefeated guy when this goes back to the whole ego yeah this all it was all a combination of everything i'd done in my life essentially hit this equilibrium point when i had everything going for me Mm -hmm. scholarships life was going to be good it all hit me all my ego i kicked out the wrestling team got expelled from high school took me a little while i had to go to an alternative school to get a a ged and eventually i would go to a community college rather than a division one and complete my GEDs and Kind of over the course of that time, you know, I really had a lot of epiphanies in life as I was going to community college. I was like, man, you know, I, I was going. I was studying criminal justice. In my mind, I was gonna be a lawyer. I was mm. like, criminal justice isn't enough, right? I'm gonna get my bachelor's, I'm gonna to go to law school. Gotta set the bar high. That nice. was always how I was in wrestling. Do the same thing in education. My dad was a physicist. He was a mathematician in Bosnia. He's a professor, professor at one of the biggest uh, universities in Bosnia. Cool. So education-wise, he always set high standards for us. And I did the same. I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna be a lawyer. But two years into community college, dude, I had this epiphany. I was literally working at JCPenney. It's crazy. I wrote out a hundred tallies on this piece of paper, and that was uh, represented a hundred years. And I crossed out each one for how old I was, 21. And I looked at this piece of paper and I looked at a piece of paper, these tallies and 21 crossed out. And that left me with what? I think uh, 79 left. I looked at this piece of paper and I was like, holy shit, I've lived this much of my life already. Right? if if I happen to get lucky and live to 100. Right. I looked at the paper and I was working at JCPenney doing something I fucking hate, going to school for something I didn't really want to do, just settling, because my parents were that. And I knew if I dropped out, they would kill me. You know what I'm saying? But I also knew going made them super happy and proud. And I looked at this piece of paper and I was like, but they could die this year or next year, right? And they've lived their whole life. And then I've spent all this time for them mm-hmm. and only have this much, but what if I die here? And I was like, dude, I need to start living for myself right now or I'm going to like lose it all. And it, it hit me in this JCPenney's in this basement of this store. And I was uh. like, dude, I swear to God, i I'll never forget it. And I looked to this. I could not stop starting this person. I had this horrible anxiety attack. It hit me like, I felt like I was going to die tomorrow. It felt like doomsday was coming, bro. Whoa. And I just was panicking. I couldn't breathe. I drove home. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't talk to anybody. I was just sweating all night. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to die anytime now. I've done nothing. I've wanted to do my whole life. I know it's a crazy thing, right?
1: <laughs> Not really. And then no. it just,
0: it, it, it just lit this flame in my brain and from that day on. I've never stopped chasing my dream and that's to become the best fighter in the world. Something I've always wanted to be. Yeah. I've, I've loved, uh, Bloodsport, Jet Lee, Bruce Lee, anything growing up. Hell yeah. Fighting. I've always loved the idea of me beating someone I feared because I was bullied a lot growing up, you know, yeah, trying to hide who I was and yes. being fake all the time. I was bullied a lot growing up. And so I always loved the idea of beating that guy up that was beating me up all the time. And fighting was it. And I never really chased it until that that moment. And, of course, my wife was always my... She was my girlfriend at the time, but she was always in my ear like, go do it go do it you always talk about it like what are you doing yeah but it was that's awesome to have that support it was yeah yeah but equilibrium of those two things I just ah man you have those moments in life where everything just like I know for you you went to the military yeah you're just tired of yourself it was for me I was just tired of myself tired of doing shit for everybody else and then looking at it on a piece of paper like literally physically seeing it you're like holy crap I've used a fourth of my life bro whoo a fourth, and I could die 50. For all I know, dude, yeah. who, who's the sam? I live 100. Crap, my plane could crash, my car could crash. It hit me hard.
1: Yeah. <sighs> One thing that happened to me, I was in my late middle mid 30s. I tried mm-hmm. this substance called dimethyltryptamine. What? DMT, as- baby. <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> it.
0: Have you tried it? I've done i have I've I've dabbled LSD pretty hard. Well, because hard.
1: This was this was like. So not the same, but yeah, sort of. And I've done I've done that, okay. and it's it's similar but different in the sense that I left my body. Okay. I literally had an out of body, out of body experience, experience. Okay. which made me think that the consciousness could exist outside of the body.
0: Absolutely.
1: And that and that alone made me lose basically my fear of death because mm. you know I, mm. I, it okay. was so real. To okay. this day, I tr- I left my body. I saw myself leaving my body. I was outside my body looking. And outwards I, in. Yeah, outwards in. And then I traveled to another dimension where there were these jesters in a glass house drinking tea. And they they. it's like they saw me come in and looked at me and they were like, Shh, what? Yeah, and what I interpreted from that, because it was like they were communicating with me telepathically, was basically like, we got this under control we're here this does exist but you need to go back to your dimension do the work there basically don't come back here uh, but you saw it you got a glimpse it's real but go back and holy do holy shit yeah and and it was i'm not very mean, profound dude i
0: believe you 100 yeah i, I have this type of experience i'm not going to one-up you or anything but i've had a similar experience interesting i 100 percent believe you on this that is very similar i mean very uh insane yeah very similar experience to a very what, what did you see dude uh so it's crazy and I tell people this all the time uh life is all about numbers you know everything is a number in a way or shape or form I freaking I in college you know me and my friends we had always taken a tab of LSD and then there was this one time we it was like we all knew it was the last time we were going to trip together you yeah. know we all had our own things going on right girlfriends jobs School, you know, everyone's transferring this and that. Summer break's coming, and we all, you know, we all decide we're gonna do three tabs. And typically, we only did one tab, right? Right. So we tripled up the dose of LSD.
1: Nice. And
0: with, yeah, <laughs> dude, it was fucked. It was fucked. <laughs> and so we start off in the college dorm, tripping, and eventually we make it into a car. Uh, what, of course, is a sober driver? You know, we never yeah. question driving. Like this. Yeah, that's a Sober driver, we get in a car. And he drives us from the dorms to a rental property I have, to go, you know, because we're like we can't be in the dorms. This is getting really crazy. Like we're starting to laugh, getting hysterical. We have to fuck out of here fast. And we knew we were going to leave, you know, eventually. But we realized we got to go faster than we thought. It was kicking, it's kicking it fast. <laughs> so we leave and we're getting hysterical. But on the way there, on there, forget it. The semi almost crashed into us. The semi almost crashed into us. We uh, went through the green light, the semi ran the red light and essentially we almost T-boned him. We would have gone under him and just been fucked. But my buddy slammed on the brakes and when he did that, it was in that instant moment the trip hit for me. And the semi turned into, the entire tractor and trailer turned into a set of digits. Completely transparent. I could see through the entire trailer and s- tractor. It just was digits. Interesting. And I was like, So a huge, like equation, basically, we almost crashed into a huge equation. And I was like, well, that was insane. And then whatever, it started going, and I'm looking at the back of the trailer, and it's another equation representing just the back of the trailer. I'm like, wow, it's a completely different equation. I'm like, huh, that's weird numbers. And so I started looking at the road and the grass, and everything's a number. And I'm starting to realize everything is compromised of a number in some way, shape, or form, whether you're deciding how much asphalt, this and that, da da da, da the grass, the Wait, ground, yeah. everything is associated to a number. Um, and I was able to see the genetic makeup essentially of everything. And then I looked down at myself and I saw these numbers and I saw my own, it was as if I saw a genetic code that essentially said, this is the code that makes up you. I looked at my buddies, they had the same, completely different code. Everyone had a code, everything was a number. It dawned on me, dude. I was like, this is an insane universe we live in, Isn't you know? It? It's insane, bro. Yeah. It, was, it was so, I can, I'll never forget this. I tell people this all the time. They asked me what my craziest trip was. It was this. And I just seen these numbers. I realized in some way, shape or form, we are all one. I know it sounds like that trippy mushroom guy. We're all one. We're all connected. Mm-hmm. Like this table, it consists of some sort of equation that created it. You know, whether the, the, the woods maker used an equation to create this table. Mm-hmm similarly the growth of the tree yeah, yeah similarly the creator of us used an equation to create the exact makeup of you but we're all created based off of bases and numbers and things like that and we're all one and it, it really that trip changed me forever because it made me realize like yeah i just i stopped judging people i stopped hating on things and i just realized we're all one some people just they they need to almost trip to see this
1: yeah it would change a lot of things
0: but at the same time i fear for some people to trip like this because this was one of those trips where eight hours had passed and i wasn't and i i truly thought i messed up my brain right i remember me and my friends thinking like holy crap are we mentally handicapped yeah because you could never go to
1: work like that yeah Yeah. yeah
0: i couldn't stop phasing in and out and i was like dude I think we really screwed our brains up here and we were all panicking for hours. Yeah. And so I don't know if anyone if everyone has the mental fortitude to deal with that. Yeah. But I I don't know. And maybe there's a there's a level for maybe the doctors need to do the study on this and shit. Yeah. More research, needs. definitely more, more research. I just There's went, something to it though.
1: Yeah. I just went to the psychedelic science uh, conference in Denver 2 weeks ago and Aubrey Marcus and Aaron Rogers were talking, do you know either one of them okay so just them talking these two highly effective rich professional like professional athletes Mm -hmm. super bowl champion mvp um and this billion or multi he sold he just sold his company for 500 million aubrey (laughs) yeah so if they are into this scene and like the you know experimenting with psychedelics Mm -hmm. I, i was like and i had already been a you know in experiments mm-hmm. throughout my life really but it kind of got me back into it a little bit so I'm like re back in. yeah
0: yeah so for me I told you like we all knew this was gonna be our last trip I haven't had a hard acid trip since then just because I don't even know you know do you want one <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk later we'll talk later <laughs> <laughs> but uh so I, I started, I, I was like, I told myself, I was I don't want to trip like that for a while. The fear of like thinking I was mentally handicapped. Yeah, it really effed me up for a couple of weeks like it would. Uh, but ultimately, also like seeing those numbers, it, it also like, I wanted to know more. I was like, I got to see more. And so I started messing and dabbling with mushrooms. Mm-hmm. And then my first trip in Montreal, man, these fuckers in the dorms, these kids are crazy in Canada, by the way, crazy at TriStar. And these kids gave me these mushrooms. They said how much you want? I said, I I'll need a quarter based off how much I trip. And I hadn't tripped in years. Wow. So right away, I just ingest a quarter of mushrooms. And then the guy comes in. You could tell this is the mushroom guy. He's just a Muay Thai guy, right? from Thailand. He goes, "Uh, how much did you eat? And I said, I ate the quarter. He goes, oh, dude, no, you didn't. (laughs) And I knew based off his reaction, because he's the mushroom guy. I was like, I fucked up. This is about to be another one of those things. And it was. It was uh, one of those moments where... uh, it really changed my life i remember laying in the in the dorm bed hours later in the trip this this light and this sound just kept flashing into the the entire dorm you know how people say you hallucinate and you see things bro the light was actually there i saw this light and it came into the room and it was it was god i know it was but everyone can say you know you're tripping this and that but dude the, the things it said the way the sound came in way my body felt and vibrated I could feel it was something supernatural
1: interesting something
0: came into that room you know and I actually have a I'll send you it when I get home it was the only time ever I remember tripping so hard I said I gotta whip my phone out for this one I gotta start writing and yeah. I just started typing as I was tripping and yeah. I was experiencing this godlike feeling in this room that God was in there killing my ego killing you know everything about me and yeah I just started typing it was the craziest message it was like basically all about how much I love everybody, my wife, my family, and it's weird, man. Yeah. It's hard to believe it's not something supernatural.
1: Well, I mean, and the experiences we've all had with that experiencing uh, everything is one, the love, mm-hmm. and the answer is love. It's just like, yeah. that's the answer to everything. It's mm-hmm. like, they should either prescribe it or... Promote man, that, right? Yeah. Does that sound right? Yeah. That way, I mean, and then we... You know, how we did it turn it an along. asshole
0: like me and this loving guy? You know what I mean? Like, it's doing something. Mm-hmm. I mean, don't get me wrong. Martial arts did a huge thing. But I, th- before, I got really you know, detailed on everything. My, the killing of my ego. Yeah. Because I didn't know where this conversation was going to go. Yeah. I didn't want to obviously just, yo, yeah, the reason I have no ego. But a lot of the killing of my ego, you know, was honestly tripping out
1: yeah well and it shows you just a different perspective of life and energy and different
0: understanding Mm -hmm. it just opens your mind up. like
1: whoa okay i don't know everything yes yes
0: yes being able to accept that is hard yeah yeah you know it's another interesting thing and this is why i say maybe not everybody's mentally adequate for tripping is like every time i've tripped uh i don't know if everyone does this but my brain goes through everything i have regretted from the last trip. Yeah. So it's like, it does these like, it doesn't go before that last trip though. But from the last trip until now. So if I trip now, I haven't tripped in what, two years? So if I trip now, everything I've done in the last two years that I, I regret, but I didn't speak out on, mm-hmm. but I regret those actions or those words, it's gonna hit me when I trip. Yeah. And Sometimes I fear tripping again, cause I'm like, do I really want to deal with those regrets again? Yeah. Do I really want to deal with those? Cause those thoughts are so buried in my head. The only thing I can actually bring them out is some sort of, you know, yeah. Lucid yeah. Substance. Yeah. And sometimes um, it's scary, but sometimes I'm like, dude, just you deal with fights. You know, deal with this. You got to man up and kill your ego, <laughs> and deal with these regrets and figure out why you regret doing that and saying that. And it, it's always the same thing. It's because it wasn't. It wasn't the right thing. You weren't yeah. being a loving guy. You were being judgmental. Everything I've ever regretted, or every time I tripped and I regretted something, I noticed every time it was an action or a word I said. That was negative, or it wasn't the true nice guy that I really am.
1: Yeah. It, was it some, shines a light on that yeah, and, yeah. and it exposes that so you can grow and learn.
0: And that's why I say it kills your ego.
1: Yeah. I think that, I mean, but like how often? That's the question because a lot of people do it maybe too much. Yeah. You know, it's like yes, if it's supposed yes. to heal you and cure you, why are you doing it every weekend? True. You know, true. And
0: this is where it gets a bad rep. Yeah. Yeah. Versus maybe guys who are more moderate. Yeah. Every and I am
1: I typically, my, like I'll do maybe every three months, every uh-huh. six months, I'll do like a major trip. And then in between here and there, I'll do some micro dosing. But the yeah, micro dosing is good. Yeah. That's more chill because yeah. the, when you take the full dose, the heroic <laughs> dose, that was a heroic dose. That is serious. You know, yeah. you're going in yeah. for something serious and you better you got to prepare yourself for that. Lot,
0: the, the problem with the heroic doses is a lot of people doing them are kids. Both of my heroic doses came from the peer pressure on me. I wanted to look cool to everybody else. Like watch this motherfuckers, you know, both of the heroic and I didn't. And then what came from them was like, Whoo, here you go, Harris. And I, I, yeah, I got yeah. My butt served on a plate. Yeah. You know, it sucked both times. I mean, it, it, in a way it killed my, it was probably overall looking back at it in hindsight. I'm glad I did them, but I'd probably never do a, a dose like that again for us. Yeah. Seven no grams. Need,
1: yeah, no, that's yeah. insane. The first tr- one I ever did, I had never tripped. Nobody even told me mm-hmm. what it was going to be like. I was with my older brother. They blended three and a half grams and some orange juice, and then I just drank the orange juice, and I hadn't, I had never done that before. I didn't know what to expect, and you know, the fucking walls start breathing yep, and yep. all that. And, and I remember start looking, laughing. yeah, it was great until I kind of fell into the situation you were, whereas like hours have gone by and I'm like, I can't live like this. Yes. yes. Yeah. I mean, this is cool, but is this going to wear off? Yeah. Because I don't know what's happening. And I think that this is the rest of my life is going to be in this weird state of mind. And I started trying to make myself throw up and I was drinking milk and <laughs> <laughs> But ultimately, you know, it came down and...
0: So it was your generation that made the milk <laughs> uh,
1: Yeah, I didn't know what to do. I was just trying to make it stop. But I like it now and I appreciate it. But that's the other thing is like back then, we didn't do it with intention. There
0: wasn't. It, yeah, it's was just it like was, we're partying yep, or whatever. Yep. While it's not out. a party drug, it's no, a medicine. Yeah. yeah. And that, same thing with weed, man. I mean, it's mm-hmm. a medicine, it's not a party drug. Yeah. Accepting I, that's hard too.
1: Yeah, I try. I like microdose weed uh-huh. now. I'm not trying to just get like blasted, stoned. stoned right. Yeah, no, I got shit to do. Yeah, I
0: debated that before this podcast. i going. I was like, should I get just stoned and then I can really talk? And but then I got to thinking, I was like, dude, you always say that, and then you end up getting stoned and freezing like an idiot. I'm like, when does it actually help you? Anything? You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't it's,
1: open up conversation too yeah, much. Yeah, it doesn't, dude. Yeah. And
0: like being able to like. Separate the two, like understanding it's medicine, it's not something that enhances, you know, necessarily like my speech or my athleticism. It's just something I can supplement with, maybe at the end of the night. Mm-hmm. And being able to accept that takes a lot of maturity, a lot of growth. I mean, yeah. even up until this year, dude, I still have trouble, you know? Yeah. Like just being like, I'm not going to get high before training. Oh, but it's just jujitsu. And everyone says if you get high, you retain things. But I know deep down that's not fucking true. I'm like, Bro, it's not that weed is medicine. Weed is this. It cannot
1: help yeah. me with jujitsu. You have to back off of it, and then you get more out of it when you do use it. You yeah, know? and, and this was so almost like cool because some people smoke all day, every day, and I was that person for decades. And, and how do you
0: know the difference between being high and sober?
1: Right. Well, and I can tell in my performance, in my speech, my delivery. I'm like, oh fuck, what was that word and all that shit. I hate that, and it makes it drives me crazy. Which is, I did not smoke right before this. I smoked this morning yep same and then i didn't smoke again right yeah so uh, there's a time and a place yeah it's time and place yeah time and place
0: i just i mean maybe some guys they would get stoned before a podcast i have or a freestyle a, a and they'll bunch kill of times. it yeah but I, I, the thing that comes down to it too that i've learned as i got older there's so many fucking strains and mm-hmm. each one actually does do something as mm-hmm. much as you act like oh i don't taste or do this like dude, it's science, it does actually do something. And when you accept that and kind of really understand THC for what it is, you can really uh, pick and choose what's best and suitable for the environment you're mm-hmm. approaching. Like, yeah. dude, you don't want to smoke indica, you know, before going to the weight room, you're gonna feel tired. And, right? You know, yeah, same thing. I, smoke, you don't I have it all smoke sativa before bed. Exactly. People don't even know these terms. And then there's also like, I go to dispensaries and I was like, um, I need a really, really strong sativa, a really strong indica. And then the guy goes, Well, there's no such thing as indica anymore. It's all hybrids. And I'm like, Dude, all right, I'm out. Uh, I but you tell me that, but I can. When I smoke, I know it, the it, difference. Yeah yeah. 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 I'm like, What are you talking about? Right. Like, so, like, there's people who understand it and people who don't. And I think understanding it is a huge part and being able to have fun with it. I always yeah.
1: buy all three. Also, I got and I oh, have my sativa for the morning and hy- hybrid, hybrid throughout yep. the day and then indica at night. night. Yeah. And, like, I don't really very way of. Uh, waiver are you hearing anything or is that just a ringing in my ear i heard a
0: small static oh no i just heard well yeah this,
1: hopefully my my brother he's gonna be like there's a little bit of static <sighs> sorry we'll edit that out clean that up in audio <laughs> but older or younger he's younger he's younger. he's he owns sheath with me um I'm, how'd you start sheath we never i was in iraq on my okay. second tour 2008 it was hotter than the devil's balls and it was 115 degrees i ha- i had a i was in a special unit that we were on call 24/7 for uh, special occasions if Holy you will fuck. and but we it had been pretty chill for the my st- whole second tour was super chill my first tour was insane by the wow. second tour i had made rank i was sergeant i led the team it was this team of five of us we had our own little compound and so we were kind of separated from the rest of the whole base and, but our generators had gone out, the water had, wasn't working for a few days now. And so, and like, if you see my skin right here, it's kind of yeah, like, I see uh, that. irritated. And so I have like sensitive skin, eczema, okay. I don't know if you've heard, of, heard of it, yep. yeah, exactly. So I already have sensitive skin and I'm like sweating oh, and fuck, super, nightmare. yeah, and I have these weird underwear on that army had issued that. You know you wash your clothes with other soldiers i somehow ended up with somebody else's underwear i'm wearing like these giant whitey tidies that are sagging uh, they're cutting into my thighs and so it's the whole the whole situation is just super uncomfortable and they say necessity is the mother of invention and i just felt like
0: what a profound moment
1: yeah i was like my balls are so uncomfortable. I need something to change this situation. So I grabbed a hand towel and I just like separated my balls from everything else. And I was like, what if the underwear had a pouch that could just had it, had it built in and separate everything. And and I, we had internet access. So I was like, somebody has to have, have invented this. So I start searching pouch underwear online and I couldn't find anything. And I was like, are you telling me since Jesus, Nobody has thought of this like I'm thinking to myself. I'm not the first person to think of this, you know, uh-huh. and I and I couldn't find it online. So I decided to make some. I went and bought some underwear. I got some scissors and I took it to the tailor. We have tailored, you know, they have to maybe tailor your uniform for whatever reason. So we uh-huh. have tailors in Iraq and I took them this <coughs> underwear, I took them a drawing and I was like, sew so this pouch in the underwear. And they were uh, third country nationals. So they didn't, they barely spoke English. They were like our servants, which was really weird. We had like servants over there basically. <laughs> That's and, badass. Like for cooking, they cleaned our bathrooms. Holy and,
0: fuck. They're probably getting paid. I mean, better oh, yeah. than what they would be, you know?
1: Yeah. Otherwise it would have been us and we were supposed to be focusing on the mission. On type yeah, things. No way. Yeah. So they snickered, you know, they were like, He-he. but they made it. I went back a few days later. I Got them. They put the pouch in there. I took them home. And try or whatever. Tried them on, and the pouch was too tight. It was like this tiny little pouch. But I didn't. So, um, but the concept was there, and I and it did work. So I started toying with it. And when I got back home, I I bought a sewing machine and I started. Re, I re, I sewed pouches like all these different shaped pouches inside my existing underwear. And then I made some for my friends. And most of the people, except my closest friends, it's really weird, you know who Fair. you are, if you're watching this, they were supportive. And to this day- And always be your own people. Yeah, they, I mean, to this day, I'll be checking Instagram and my buddy's <laughs> working out and I'll see his waistline and he's wearing Hanes and I'm like, what the fuck? I'm, we were like best friends. Why? And you could not you cannot use the pouch. Well, you know, in the regular underwear, underwear. yeah i got
0: i got my stuff in a pouch right now
1: i always rock in the pouch every now and then i'll be like oh i'm not in the (laughs) pouch.
0: i've fought every fight since working with you guys i've fought in every fight with the wow it's like a ritual for me because it's just like it it feels a certain way and i stick with that now
1: i like that do you do the tie cup or what kind of i do the tie
0: cup so typically people put skin on you know the tie cup Mm -hmm. that caused a lot of your i think i have a skin issue too. I get irritation easy i can't even wear watches interesting um but the cup directly on my skin gives me a lot of irritation so i'll put on the underwear first and because it's the sheath it feels like they're in a cup yeah and then i put the cup on it doesn't but if i didn't have the sheath there would be that level of friction you understand mm-hmm. it's weird it's I, something people uh, fighters look into I, i'm serious i'm not bullshitting this isn't like a clip an ad. this is real stuff yeah no really It it. Uh, it uh, it, So, I, I sure think there's got to be other place. fighters and wrestlers out there with the same issue. Yeah. And I have a legit cup and everything. You know, it's Diamond and they're a great company mm-hmm. to work with too. And it, 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 I just get skin irritation down there, dude. It's sensitive skin. And uh, the cup directly on skin's never been for me. Yeah, Everyone tells me, like, what the hell are you doing? I'm like, dude, I can't wear a directly on my skin. You're not the first Kyle the not Monster the
1: Nelson does that same exact thing really? where he wears the cup over the underwear.
0: Yeah, the sheath helped out so much having that power. Because it feels like you're already in the cup and then putting it on the cup isn't like a second thing. Mm-hmm. Versus if I don't have sheath underwear, I just got regular underwear, and then I put the cup on, I can feel the two. And I'm like, oh, this is so much shit. Nice. And then I got to put another thing over the cup sometimes to keep it really secure. Depending if I know I'm a wrestler or not, mm-hmm. I, I wear a little bit different. Yeah
1: yeah so hell yeah okay well i mean it, it was kind of an accident you know how we invented it but it's a great invention dude wow i can't the story is profound thank you you're
0: right necessity brings invention
1: yeah and my and so it was it that was 2008 it's 2023 it was 2010 15 when, years 16 yeah years almost. i did a early launch in 2010 but i remember my younger brother that's kind of how this came up and he's going to be editing this and he <laughs> He was the one that kind of was like, "Dude, what are you fucking doing? Like, you have this idea. We need to m- turn this into a company." I'm in the army. I'm trying. I'm just gonna do my 20 years. I knew I had a good idea, but I was dragging my feet a little bit. And he kept just like prodding me. Okay. Let's that do this. Let's do thing. this. Yeah. yeah. And and so I owe a, I give him a lot of credit. He Hell came up yeah, with the man. name Sheath. We were both we were brainstorming names for like a year i feel like i remember he flew into town and we were just uh, southern comfort you heard of the drink
0: yeah the drink Soco. yeah oh
1: yeah and that was one that was one of our first ideas and i was like (laughs) "Uh that's fair and then junk drawers was that was my that was my name and i'm so glad somebody else another underwear company had already taken it Cause it's cool, but it's not like classy. I see, I see. Like Nike or something. Sheath. Yeah. Sheath. People are like, everyone loves the logo. Everyone loves the name. It. It makes sense. It's queen. sheath.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Right. A uh, sheath. Come yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's <laughs> badass. Like it's warrior. Uh, I
0: I'm just gonna ask now since I'm on here. Uh, did a kangaroo inspire you at all? Yeah, you an inverted inverted kangaroo pouch. Did you think about that at
1: all? Wait. It's afterwards. Yeah. It's yeah. like a kangaroo pouch for your see, joey.
0: i always thought that, yeah. Mm-hmm. It looks like a fucking kangaroo pouch.
1: Yeah, that's how I explain it to people. Because
0: you, you said you went through your own design, sewing and stuff, so you had to ultimately come with one. That's funny, Mother Nature
1: always knows best. Yeah, and it just cradles the joey in this perfect <laughs> little pouch. What did what we add on time over here?
0: Uh, shit. One hour and thirty minutes. What? We went off, dude. Nice. I'm a talker, bro. This is why my wife hates me going anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> when she, I go to practice or sponsor, I'll just come with you. I'm she like, must be pretty cool. She's awesome. Yeah. yeah. So I've been with her for uh, eleven years. Wow. Since I was sixteen, technically fifteen. That's cool. But um, we've been dating since you know the beginning of high school, all throughout college, my entire MMA career. Of course, she's the one that got me into it. Really. You know, just like your brother prodding me. And then we finally got married this uh, summer. Nice. I took a little too long, obviously. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I mean, that's like a fairy tale.
0: For me, it was a dream come true. So I actually met her. This is this crazy shit. I met her when I was 12 years old. I was in the sixth grade. And my best friend, the witness at my wedding, Casey Townsend, I told him in sixth grade, I said... Dude, I'm gonna marry Logan Woodward, and he's like, "You're fucking crazy, kid." You we know, like as a sixth grader. He's like, "You're crazy." He's like, "It's like i I was like, "No, I love her so much." I was like, "She's so beautiful." And then from sixth grade to eighth grade, I was just obsessed with her. And manifestation's real, bro. I made it happen. Yeah. Freshman year, and I, yeah, that's the only girl I've ever loved and wanted to be with since I could literally like a girl. And
1: I love that. I'm
0: now married to her. It's fucking awesome.
1: I'm lo- that's beautiful. That- it's
0: weird. It's crazy because I, I, I've never uh, gone to the dating scene. I've never understood like trying to find your match. So I, it's for, hard for me to uh, conversate with people about that stuff because I don't have a perspective on it. So I always tell people, I don't know how you feel, but I can give you this insight. And, you know, because I really don't know, man. I've been in love with her my whole life. And wow, um, it's been perfect. Like since yeah, the sixth grade. That's especially.
1: insane. Because, you know, <laughs> she, was my, she was my first kiss. That's beautiful. Ever. First kiss, yeah. I think that Ever, is amazing. Right.
0: <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. You know, you, We live the pro athlete, the fighter lifestyle, and a lot comes with it. It's a lucrative lifestyle. It can be and all that. And she's helped me keep my feet grounded, and I don't make the same mistakes a lot of the guys do. Yes. So I, I, I truly feel powerful with her. I feel we have a power couple relationship thing mm-hmm. going on cuz I look at other fighters and stuff who don't have that and they make a lot of mistakes.
1: So yeah, if you're unstable in your relationship, yep. that can cause Start all cheating, kind of mental lying. yeah.
0: When money and fame comes, then it really shows, you know, what your foundation is.
1: I like Michael Bisping and his him and yeah, and his him and his wife. Huge fan, dude. Yeah, they still they're still together and they're awesome. like they're do everything. Yeah. Even
0: Conor McGregor, people want to hate on him, dude, yeah. but he's one of the most real little guys. He the people around him are blessed. And honestly, everybody in this whole freaking city—he's—he's he's like a Robin Hood. Yeah, like everyone wants to talk all this crap. They don't even know the guy.
1: Right. I would. I think. Thinking back, I wish I would have uh, <coughs> sponsored like everyone at his gym in. Oh, Ireland. SPG. Yeah. yeah.
0: But how would you have known? You know? Yeah. It's like a stock.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. We don't know. So we're gonna we're gonna s- circle back to the very beginning and we're going to wrap it up. Okay. Because, but the like the very first thing we were saying was something about like you were mentioning the Kennedys and uh-huh, the family in, in Washington, yeah. Yeah, and they, and they have that dynasty.
0: Absolutely. Even today, right? Robert Kennedy is
1: I know. So what do what do you what are you, th- what, what are you thinking about him?
0: I'm a huge fan. Me too. I think he's a little bit kind of loony, but so am I. Yeah. Maybe so are you too. So yeah. you might agree with this too. Yeah. Um, but I almost see like, he's like an older version of myself in the sense that he cares about the same things. He's very into the physical, you know, aspect of life. It reminds me of, um, fuck. I was just about to say, it reminds me of JFK. It's his brother.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm obviously a big history guy. So I study governmental history specifically the U.S. i S I'm very interested in our political history and kind of why it is the way it is today. I truly believe the more you study history, the more you'll understand about our politics today. Yeah. Um, and uh, for example, I, a lot of people don't know about this, but the Democratic Party was actually the uh, slave owner party. And for a long time, they were the anti-black, anti-minority party. So you should definitely be questioning yourself if you're a minority on the left. I know, day. right? You should probably study history. I think yeah. a lot of people are um, swayed the wrong way. But yeah, RFK, dude, I'm a huge... I, If I could pick him over Trump or DeSantis, I would. But I truly believe nobody stands a chance to Trump, just based off his his popularity. Yeah, like he is so popular. He's like Andrew Tate. Like when I think of the most popular people on the planet right now, that they can't walk anywhere without hundred armed guards. There's three guys that pop to my mind: Andrew Tate, Elon Musk, and Donald Trump. Wow. I think those are three most influential, most popular human beings alive.
1: I'm gonna blow your mind real quick. Go. For it. We just got offered the opportunity to work with Andrew Tate.
0: Holy shit, dude, come on.
1: <laughs> it's, I mean, so everyone I've told- Sign the contract. I know, everyone I've told that's not on my team, it says has that exact same response, but my team, they're all like, yeah, but he's controversial, he hates women, and th- it's gonna cause a backlash. So I haven't done anything. Actually, it's funny, I agreed to do it. And then I, I, I told him, I was like, hold on, let's wait. Because mm-hmm. before I told anyone on my team or my wife or anything, because what actually happened is we started sponsoring Russell Brand. Oh, wow. Which is amazing. Holy shit. Right? Yeah. On, he's exclusive on Rumble. Ex- dude,
0: I watched Run DMV. What, what is that? What? The show Russell Brand. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. Keep going, keep going.
1: Well, and he he is still on YouTube, but he's mostly on Rumble now, and he's always on YouTube saying to go to his Rumble page, and so we actually sponsored the interview he did with Ron DeSantis, which oh was oh my
0: god, which was
1: pretty dope. But the return wasn't that great, and and so I was like, maybe they're inflating the numbers of Rumble, so I'm gonna I was decided to wait on. Andrew Tate because of the numbers I got from Brand, I was like, if Brand isn't giving me the numbers I need, I don't know how Tate is going to do. Because Russell Brand is obviously mm-hmm. a huge influencer, also.
0: And I, sorry, I, I made a little—I uh, got to correct myself. I, wrong Russell there on Run D M V. Okay, uh, Russell Brand is still very influential. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I don't think comparison of Brand to Tate is even fair. it's yeah, like okay. comparing apples to oranges. Okay, I know that sounds insane or whatever, but I, uh, dude, Andrew Tate
1: uh he's a i mean he's he's crazy he, he's i mean not crazy one of the most he's like prominent figures i know on Earth right now. so we have access to it i don't think it, I, I i um I,
0: I just think anything that he touches turns to gold personally yeah. i think him trump and elon musk. Uh, elon musk have that about them that persona that uh aura yeah <clears throat> and i mean dude fate loves irony so if you feel that this is ironic i mean fate loves irony i feel like it is pretty ironic it's a pretty big name
1: i know and it's just it's crazy how what a position <laughs> we're in because of all the people we've worked with jp yeah. J. sears it is, seems
0: like you're slowly just getting bigger and bigger yeah oh we this could get donald right, trump they, jr they told right? us oh my
1: god we and, and i has I'm, i haven't done him for the same reason like i'm i if it was just me i would be like i understand hug. i understand
0: it's very divisive it's a very yeah. divisive uh subject E-do. Yeah.
1: yeah so i'm E-diving just I'm Left I'm, and right. Holding off for the time being. As a being. company,
0: it's hard to make those decisions, right? I yeah. can only imagine. You probably want to shoot towards guys who are more in the central, in the middle, you know, even though you might not believe that, like your core values might not align with it. You have to look at your company and what's mm-hmm. best for your family and your company. And that's yeah. that's kind of the, the thing about being a business owner. It's, like, a, it's
1: a, Yeah, there's a ripple effect. And yeah. I'm just... I'm just I'm holding off, but also
0: you like fuck, man. If it's gonna blow up,
1: I know. Yeah, so it's it's on the it's 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 on the table. So it's an option. <laughs> that's crazy, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. So, Congratulations. Yeah, I'm very blessed. Whether
0: you do it or not, I mean, it's a sign you're doing the right thing, right? Yeah, we're From moving. 2008 till now. Yeah, Andrew Tate's on the table.
1: I know it's dude. crazy. We were gonna go. I was gonna go meet Dana White recently at the uh, at the fight slap, what if you, fight what if you get in the UFC cages? That's that's the goal it's still it's been the Is goal it? it's it's still the goal we're just that's a big you know dollar amount that we haven't of course, yeah. reached just of yet but we're on the way i, think. I could do
0: it i could see i just bring it up because i could see it
1: on the mat yeah was, yeah too easy howlerhead manscaped we're coming baby and we met the people at uh, the manscape people they're really cool and we're in the same demo they're just demo. like men's yeah, they sh- it's actually ball shaving oh, stuff.
0: that's the company, Ball Wash? Yeah,
1: Manscaped. Manscaped owns that? Yeah.
0: Yeah, because a bunch of my buddies are sponsored by them. Yeah. Like the Ball Wash or whatever. Yeah,
1: they sponsor, like, so many people. That's what it is. Yeah, and they're huge. But we're on our way.
0: Yeah, you are. Definitely. Yeah. There's no doubt. I mean, the proof's in the pudding.
1: Yeah, oh, and you're on your way. I am. The so proof's the, in the pudding there, too. Yeah. <laughs> I like the whole vibe. I'm, I... Now I I'm not sad that it took so long to get together, but it I'm glad we did. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I feel like we get
0: along on a personal level. You know.
1: Yeah, I talked to Jacob Parga and he was like, "Don't bring up politics," and I was like, "Ah, "I can't promise anything." (laughs) Basil said the same thing, and I was like, "This will be great then," because that's that's right up my alley. Shout out to
0: Jacob Parga. Every time I talk to him, he tells me the same thing. Bro, please don't bring up politics. No, it's fun. And, it, and I'm like, all right, I got you. And then I do the same thing I do to my mom. Yeah. <laughs> the complete opposite.
1: Yeah. you Just do your thing. Be I just I, can't help myself. I'm not trying authentic. to be a troll
0: either. People think I'm trying to troll. I'm just myself. Yeah. I can't hold it back.
1: I like it though. Yeah, Somebody's got to say it. this shit because people like me, I, sometimes I have to like reserve my opinions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I understand. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Andrew Tate's one of those guys. Yeah. Right? That's exactly. what got him so Donald Trump, Elon mm-hmm. you know, Musk. They just say the truth. Sure, the even truth. Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah. I mean, he's got his own opinions and they're not,
1: I don't agree with all of them, but what? should he speaks what he feels. I'm, I'm impressed with him as of lately. Well, can you say? Yeah. yeah.
0: I, dude, I'm a huge... Uh, proponent and fan of anyone that's successful and you brought up logan and jake paul i hate to keep extending this but that's okay um i had the same whole cycle with them too i was actually in the youtube era like as a kid watching all their videos growing up when they were popular Mm -hmm. i was that era like wow we were watching all their crap i remember when they did the suicide forest thing yeah Everyone in my class, everyone in our generation is like, nah, fuck these guys. Yeah. I do really we're not doing this. Because we're kind of like the depression, like anxiety yeah. era. You know, a lot of kids my age are just plagued with that mental disease. And when they saw these two assholes making fun of people commit suicide, dude, it killed them. In my yeah. generation, it killed them. Yeah. Nobody liked them anymore. And it was all like, let's, you know, hate them and boycott them. And then as time went on, they just came out of nowhere on this MMA boxing. YouTube fight scene, like uh, it was insane, and I was like, "These are the same fuckers, like f- that we hated for the suicide thing." Da-da-da. And I was like, "Well," and I looked at it, and I was like, "Dude, I've done things too that if somebody exactly. recorded, and I've said things that yes. if somebody recorded, when you were hold young, on to the rest of my life, yeah, and say I'm a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. How can we keep doing it?" And they, you watch them now, and. These guys are literally vouching for rights for myself. Mm-hmm. I don't even know these guys. Mm-hmm. And they're fighting for rights for me mm-hmm. and other guys like me. And they're doing so much for this sport that I just love. I adore this sport. And yeah. Seeing two too. randos, per se, doing so much for the sport. And the thing I love the most, how could I hate on these guys? They changed. They're not the same. 19, yeah, they grew. Kids. They matured. And I was an asshole, too. Yeah. I we talked about before the trips and the martial arts. I was the same way. We all are. We yeah. are all young boys. I mean, unless you're freaking raised somewhere yeah. communist.
1: Or, yeah, you just don't have. They had the freedom to be themselves, express themselves. They made some bad Try decisions. Try growing up in
0: America and not doing the same. Yeah, that's what I tell anybody. You're probably just you probably didn't. I don't know. You probably didn't grow up where we grew up.
1: Well, he's fighting this weekend, and but that documentary. I, I think it just came out. Yeah, just came. It's 2023. I don't. know. It has to be since the the. Uh, Tyson Fury, not Tyson. Because he fought
0: the Tyson guy. Yeah. I know Tommy Tommy, Tommy Fury. Tommy Fury. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And so it chronicles from the beginning of the YouTube, all their amateur fights, how the fighting thing started. What's his name? Jake was like suicidal. He didn't know what he was going to do after they lost. They were the most famous people on the planet to absolute zeros. And he was just like, what am I going to do with my life? Somehow it describes, but he got into boxing and it like saved his right. life and, and everyone's making fun of him. You're not a real boxer, but he, And but he's like, you don't know how much I love this.
0: Yeah. And how do you hate on that? Or yeah. how do you, how am I or you to determine how much he loves yeah. something per se? Yeah. That's the thing too. Again, I'm just a huge fan of success and success stories. I think anyone who's successful has the exact same, not the exact same a synonymous story to you and I, where you have those epiphany points and those maturity growth, you know, points. And, uh, I look at Jake and Logan Paul and I see myself just like you probably do too. Yeah. And and any other successful real, recognize real,
1: real recognizes real. And they, a (laughs) lot of the principles that I applied to build sheath was the, just the visualizing, stay positive, don't quit. Like those are three main, like, uh, pillars of success. And is like a positive attitude, Uh visualizing what you want to happen. And then Zeroing in and making it happen and staying positive. You're going to come against obstacles Do most people quit when these obstacles present themselves? That's the universe trying to test you if you just don't quit Eventually the universe is going to be like, okay, you're not going to quit. Yes. We're gonna open the doors.
0: Yes Yeah, you broke free of uh, Andrew Tate says the matrix. Yeah, you broke the matrix is the universe and you keep Just biting or punching back and you'll break free and you're on the other side looking in, and you're like, "Holy shit, what are these guys doing?"
1: Yeah, and it's like it ends up. You look back, and I was watching the Kardashians the other day with my wife, and and Kim was saying it's like magic. Yeah. And it and there's if you you gotta believe in a little bit of magic yep. in this universe.
0: Yep. Have you read The Alchemist by any chance? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That Pablo. Was the most profound book.
1: I know. It's like this simple story of the I kid. I recommend that to
0: everybody. Such, I've read everybody. it a few times. I don't care read anything you want, but you have to have that in there.
1: Yeah. Check you have it to. out. You have to. Read the Alchemist. Yes. Follow Harris here. Follow Sheath and yeah. my man, Bobby the bank. Yes. Please do that. And this has been, this is my longest podcast. Heck yeah. I which is cool. Watered. And I, this was great. Yeah. It was a good one. Thank you for coming. Thank you. Appreciate it, right.
0: Bobby. Oh, the elbow. That's, It's fine. Now I, uh,
1: anyways, it's fine. A skateboard accident. <laughs> yeah. Stay young. Forever young, baby. <laughs> All right. We'll see you next week. And when you're fighting in in October. October
0: 27, LFA main event in Vail. Oh, Vail. Perfect. Yeah, Vail, Colorado. Hopefully last regional fight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, for sure. You're going to, I mean, you might get a short notice call before that.
0: (laughs) Manager said we might get contender series before that. So I'm actually staying ready for that just in case. That's in September. Nice. Next month.
1: (laughs) Fuck yeah. Okay. I take
0: 11 seven day fights. So this two months is... Uh, almost like uh, they're doing me a service.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll be we'll be we'll be watching Sweet. more Extra. closely now. All right. Peace, everyone. See you
0: guys.